Hi, this is Jay Baer of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. Welcome to the Connect Show. I'm Randy Frisch. Anna, we've got a fun episode. We just recorded it. And this one's always fun. And, and first of all, this is due to popular demand. I had so many people reach out to me and say they loved it when we did the pardon the interruption version of our podcast. It was kind of due to desperation last time, but this time it's based on demand, which I love. We gave people something they like and we're going to do it again. This time we're doing a little bit different. And why why don't you queue up how we're approaching this version of PTI? Yeah, so we took the uh, recent Uberflip ebook, the Top 10 B2B Marketing Trends 2019 report. And Randy, you and I each got two minutes to go through each one of those trends and give our thoughts on it. And we kind of flipped back and forth, but basically we had two minutes, we had a buzzer, and as soon as that two minutes is, was up, no matter where we were in that conversation, we had to stop and move on. And it's fun. I learned a lot about some of your thoughts on things and, and some really interesting insights. Yeah. Now, first of all, I'm going to apologize for everyone because I'm the man on the buzzer, right? Like the buzz, like not only I'm terrible at multitasking, uh, you could ask anyone. And I had to both answer questions and monitor the buzzer. And sometimes I did not do a great job with the buzzer. So we, we're going to invest in buzzer technology here. It's, it's, a, it's being built into the budget for 2019 and we will up our game on that front. But beyond, beyond that, we, we did hit on some really big trends. If, if you want to follow along the trends as we go through here, you can download this ebook that talks about top 10 trends that we source from a lot of uh, marketers we spoke to. It's at uberflip.com slash trends. Uh, we break down 10 of them. I'm going to tell you what they are now, just so you kind of know what's coming. Ooh, spoiler alert. Should we? Or is that bad? I kind of feel like people will want to know what's coming, right? So let's give them. Let's give them. So we got personalization, artificial intelligent intent data, video chatbots, account-based marketing, customer intelligence, tactile marketing, experience-driven content, voice search, and influential marketing. So I did it so fast that people probably have no idea what we're talking about. But that's why you're going to get two minutes on each topic. And let's roll it right now. All right, Anna, here we are. We're on Connex, but this is one of our special editions. This is Pardon the Interruption, and you are on first. We're going to run through the top 10 trends that marketers told us they are focused on in this year of 2019. So let's let's go with it. You're on the buzzer. The way it works to remind everyone, two minutes Anna has before she's interrupted by the buzzer and we move on to the next topic. Anna, your first topic, ready or not, is personalization. All right. Personalization. Ooh, this is a really good trend, a really good buzzword too. You know, personalization is one of those things I feel like we've been talking about for decades now with um, digital marketing and content marketing. And yet you really don't 
see it being utilized well yet. I mean, sure, I get some emails with my name in them at the very top, but then it's very templated, generic information. And I think really the backbone of personalization has to be the technology and it has to be understanding user behavior and patterns and interactions. And we're just not there yet. I don't know, Randy, what do you think? I think it's starting to be a tired excuse, to be very honest. I I think saying we're not there yet when we're seeing it happen in our consumer lives is where we've got to step up, right? Like, you know, I open up Spotify, as I always say, and I'm amazed that, you know, myself and a hundred other people in the room will open up and we'll all have a made for you collection of music, right? Like, you know, the music itself is not personalized, right? Like it's the same songs in there, but they're picking ones that I actually care about. And I think that's where we have to start to to focus. I think some of us get overwhelmed when we talk about personalization because we think that means we have to personalize every piece of content versus pick the right pieces of content that we're going to put in front of people. Does that feel a little bit more relatable? I think so. Yeah. So it's basically what's going to make an impact. It's not personalizing everything. It's what's going to make that experience better. But I do agree. And, and Randy, when I say we're not there yet, I mean, we're not there yet in terms of actually making that leap into that investment. So I, I agree. It is a tired excuse. And I'm, I'm tired of hearing personalization, but not seeing it. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, you know, I always like to look at the Gardner hype cycle. And, and I think we're starting to reach that point. I think it's, it's often referred to as, as the you know, sense of heightened expectations. Oh, that's our, that's our timer. timer. I know I was going to make a point, but I guess we got to move on. So let's move on. All right. So you have two minutes, Randy. Let's talk about artificial intelligence and intent data. That's uh, actually a good transition from where we were, right? It's, you know, we're talking about how we're going to actually do all this. And really what we need to be able to do is we need a source of data to allow us to personalize at scale. And I think this is actually starting to become more reasonable. One of the things that that I'm finding interesting is I I think a year or two ago, we all thought that there were going to be these AI platforms. What's exciting is you're starting to see applications embed AI technology inside of them. One of the things that we did at my own company at Uberflip is we partnered with a company called Bombora so that we could take their third-party intent data and we could run it through our own AI engine, right? So that we could actually leverage intent data that's out there and then actually ingest that and start to make recommendations of content. And we're starting to see that in a lot of different places. I mean, here at Uberflip, we use a number of different technologies, not just our own, but that of our partners, one that's pretty cool is called Chorus, where we and there's other companies like Gong out there where they can actually help you predict what's working well on your talk track because they're listening to all your phone calls and they're distilling those moments that you know lead to more engagement on the other side. So it's it's pretty cool what's starting to happen there. I and mean, what are you seeing with some of the customers at CNC? You know, AI is still one of those things that it, there's hints of it. It's sort of like personalization. There's hints of it. There's some technology in the background that's collecting that data and spitting out some great information that we can use. But I don't think we are anywhere near what we can do with it. And again, that technology and investment is still pretty steep for a lot of, of you know, B2B marketers in general. So oh, there you go. Again, cut off that entire. Keep in general. All right. So let's move on to our next one. 
it, it's amazing. Like, you know, we, we do these trends reports every year, and this is one that I feel like is just never leaving the top trends because it's maybe here to stay. But video, where do you see things going with video? Two minutes, you're on the clock. All right. I can tell you where I'd like to see video go, which is much more of it. I still see a lot of B2B brands and marketers relying on text only. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's great. Text is amazing and wonderful. I'm a writer at heart. And so I always love the written word, nothing against it. But I think that the written word is just so cheap and it's so easy. And I'm using all air quotes here, by the way, nobody can see that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's cheap, it's easy, we can crank it out fast. But it is sometimes just not the best medium for our message. And there's this misconception that video is so expensive and it takes so much time. And Randy, you and I have had so many guests on this podcast that prove the exact opposite, that video can be done quickly and turned around, you know, swiftly. And it doesn't have to be, you know, this million dollar budget. You can do these things. There are tools available and it's it's really, I want to see more. I really do. Everybody out there, please invest more in it, take the time, research it, do it, because it really sometimes is the best medium for your message. I don't know, Randy, what do you think? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny, thinking back to our 2018 episodes, two of my favorite episodes were on video, right? One was Chris Savage from mm-hmm. Wistia, where they talked about the, the three videos they did at different budgets, and, you know, just proved to us that you don't, as you said, need that big budget. But the other one that I thought was also good, another Chris, was Chris Singleman. He was the, the gentleman from Loyola University. Yeah. And he talked to me, it was more about how video is being used in meaningful ways, right? I think some of us like just think, okay, we'll create a video, right? And we right. won't put a lot of thought into it, or we won't use it in a way where video is meant to be better. But what they did with their campaigns, and go back and listen to this episode if you haven't, they, they ingested it into a very logical part of the buyer journey. And it was just a, a great episode in general. Yeah, I loved it. And all the video, all the chats we've had on video have been amazing. And it's all right, that was the buzzer. Oh, I think, no! I, think I, I had my hand over the over the mic. We need a we need higher tech here for this buzzer. <laughs> I'm gonna invest in something. Maybe but, that will be our trend of 2020. Exactly. All right, you, your turn to hit me here. All right, Randy. So the other trend. B2B trend that I want to hear your thoughts on. Two minutes, chatbots. Chatbots to, to, to bot or not to bot, right? Mm-hmm. So, so first off, I, I think there's some companies doing some really cool stuff in this space. Uh, you know, my, my good friend David Cancel over at Drift, you know, they've really gotten us to rethink what a chatbot is because personally, I've been using chatbots as a marketer for over 10 years, right? I mean, now, maybe not bots, but I think that's where we all go to. We first think just chat. Like, you know, all of us have live chat on our site or we've seen it on different retail examples. But what is that opportunity to start to use a bot? And I think it's what we're starting to see is the ability to replace, you know, more old school ways of doing things like forms, right? Like some of the best chatbot experiences that I've seen are when you start to mimic a conversation to get information from the other side in a way that's very natural, but leads them to some sort of value on the spot. And I think that's the opportunity that we're starting to see is emerging of the chatbot being taking us on a journey, right? More of a a choose your own adventure, if you will, and being adapting on the fly versus waiting for someone human there to be able to have that real intimate conversation. Have you seen any cool use cases on your end, Anna? 
Yeah, we have a lot of clients doing some chatbots, but I think more fascinatingly is just the data that supports why chatbots are so valuable. I mean, our perception, one, chatbots have gotten so much smarter over the last even just two or three years. So, so much smarter. Um, Two, people are much more accustomed to them. So they're willing to use them for very quick, simple, direct questions that can be answered quickly. So, I mean, the fact that we are okay with using them now, um, I think the adoption should just grow to kind of meet that demand, especially if somebody just has a quick question, they don't necessarily need to talk to someone, you know, and it's it's not something complex. However, I still see the need for... Um, oh, however, we're going to be on the edge of our seat wondering what however is. But you know what? We're, we're just about halfway through this list. I think we're rocking through it without question. We've got time for one more. Okay. And then we're going to take a break and we're going to hear the final five. So the one more we're going to do, you know, this, this one is like on fire in terms of being a trend mm-hmm. is account based marketing. Now, what are people like when people come to you at convince and convert and they're like, we need to turn on account based marketing. What are you hearing? You know what? It's really interesting. I think account-based marketing is one of those things that people hear about, but they don't quite know what to do with yet. And I find it interesting that this was actually one of your trends because it's really more of a strategy than a trend as opposed to casting that super, super wide net, kind of targeting companies or, or you know, specific types of companies that are within your ideal range is, is a much better way to go. And I think it's funny that this is actually kind of a a trend and new as well, because this is something that honestly, I think people should be doing all along. It's just a much more targeted version. You know, we've had a lot of conversations on this, and this is something that people still can't quite seem to wrap their heads around. Randy, I know you promote this a lot at Uberflip, and your team talks about this a lot. How did you feel when this made the list, even though I mean, account-based marketing was even hot back in like 2018. And I can't yeah. believe I just said that this was hot back in 2018. <laughs> I just used my own buzzword. I feel a little slimy. It's all good. It's all, you know, it, I, I can't, I, I was actually in San Francisco last week. I, I went to visit a number of our customers for, for about five days. And I can't tell you one meeting I left from where someone didn't say like, how do we start to invest more in account-based marketing? And I think we're starting to see a graduation. We're seeing a, a little bit of progression in that, right? Like people have, you know, who I was meeting with at least, they've picked their top accounts, right? Now, for some of them, they define it as, you know, accounts that they want to land for the first time. For some of it, it's accounts they want to expand into. But what they're struggling with next is how do we engage these accounts, right? Like how do we go from picking our accounts, which is really important, to starting to actually deal with engagement. And that is the buzzer, which again, you know, I think when my phone locked, oh, there you go, there you go. We got the buzzer, we're out of time on ABM, but it is hot and it's not going anywhere. So what we're gonna do now, we're gonna take a break. If you want, while you're listening to some of our sponsors, you can also download the ebook that's got all of these trends listed in it. It's at uberflip.com slash trends. It's the top 10 trends that Anna and I are digging through on this version of Pardon the Interruption. We'll be right back after we hear from these sponsors. 
Hi friends, this is Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, reminding you that this show, the Connect Show podcast, is brought to you by Uberflip, the number one content experience platform. Do you ever wonder how content experience affects your marketing results? Well, you can find out in the first ever content experience report, where Uberflip uncovers eight data science-backed insights to boost your content engagement and your conversions. It's a killer report, and you do not want to miss it. Get your free copy right now at uberflip.com slash connex show report. That's uberflip.com slash connex show report. And the show is also brought to you by our team at Convince and Convert Consulting. If you've got a terrific content marketing program, but you want to take it to the very next level, we can help. Convince and Convert works with the world's most iconic brands to increase the effectiveness of their content marketing, social media marketing, digital marketing, and word of mouth marketing. Find us at convinceandconvert.com. Hey everyone, Anna here. In this episode, Randy and I are giving you our thoughts on Uberflip's 2019 trends report. But I have another free report that you are going to love just as much. Find out how you can boost your Instagram likes, views, and visitors in 2019 with Convincing Converts brand new research on Instagram for tourism marketing. And it's not just for tourism marketers. Everybody is going to love this. There's great examples, there's amazing data. So get your free copy now at bit.ly slash Instagram for tours. Again, that's bit.ly slash Instagram for tours. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our version of Pardon the Interruption. This time, instead of taking buzzwords, we are taking Uberflip's top 10 B2B marketing trends for 2019 report. And Randy and I have two minutes each to uh, talk about what we think and how we feel about these trends. So Randy, I ended on the last one before the break. So give yourself two minutes because I want right. to... I stretched it out during the break. I feel really ready for this one. Yeah, good, good, good. You got like some like light exercise in. And, Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right, Let's Randy, two minutes. What do you think about customer intelligence? Yeah, that's that's a hot topic. You know, I, I feel like this is another one that's been around for a long time. Um, but I, I think we're now getting to the point where it's about accountability and using that. It's It's interesting. First off, if you think about it, we had a lot of guests last year on, on here who talked about the importance of talking to customers before you go and create content and, and taking the time and, and you know having interviews and getting on the phone and the number of you know people who talked about they can't believe that people had never done that. I think even Rollworks, which was a recent one, they talked about the importance of getting on the phone with our customers. But the other thing that we can do is we can also leverage data. And we've been talking a lot about data here. One of the things that we're really digging deep on here at Uberflip on our own marketing team is making sure that we can map the customer journey, right? So we do that through you know, a combination of our CRM, our marketing automation platform, and making sure that we can pass engagement data into those systems so that we can look at a holistic view of, of that journey, right? A lot of us end up talking about that around the idea of multi-touch attribution and content is so important to track within that multi-touch journey. What have you seen in terms of some of your, the customers you work with, Anna? I've seen a lot of good data come in. I've seen a lot of very good responsible, I want to emphasize responsible customer data um, usage. I think that's a lot of the conversations we've been having this past year, Randy, with our guests as well. The other thing that I would just really love people um, and urge people to do with customer intelligence is just think like a consumer. You know, we all 
are marketers. There's something that happens when we then try to market to people. We forget what it's like to be a consumer. So all of this data is amazing, but um, ask yourself if this is actually relevant to your customers. There you go. And that, that's yeah, a that's, good final point. Yeah. Are you relevant to your customers? I like it. Right. Strong final point. Sometimes the buzzer is so intimidating. It uh, is. I know. Yeah, it throws you off your game, you know? All right. So next one up. This is a cool one because... I actually, you know, we talked about this at the beginning and, you know, this idea of looking back on trends as much as we look forward. Tactile marketing is back. It's back, baby. What do you got? All right. So when you're talking about tactile marketing, this is actually something I hadn't heard before, but you're talking about direct marketing, right? Yeah. Like even direct mail, right? Like Yeah. Direct mail. Sorry. So I, oh, I don't know. I'm really on the fence of this one. I'm not going to embrace this one fully. I'm going to, I'm going to be a hater on this one. I actually, every day I go out and get the mail, I wish there was a way to opt out of the mail um, because it is so frustrating. You get so much stuff. And I guess if marketers were to use this more responsibly in a much better way, then I would be more open to it. But I would love to not open my mailbox and have coupons pour out for things that I would never purchase in my life. That being said, I feel like if it's coupled with digital marketing and you have that customer intelligence and that customer data and you're using it effectively, then by all means, there are some very beautiful direct mail pieces I've seen and that I used to create back when I was on the traditional side. And I think if they're beautiful and they actually provide value and they do things for the customer, then I'm all about it. But I think, you know, just saying, let's go do some direct mail. Oh, my, my heart hurts for the environment. Um, my, I get frustrated <laughs> and get into, into cold sweats because I hate opening the mailbox and having to sift through all that stuff. But it's fair. It's, it's a yeah. fair comment. You know, like it's fine. I'm going to sound like the Grinch here, but we just came out of the holiday season and half the gifts that I got, I'm going to sound so unappreciative. I was like, really? Like, this is what you had to put in the mail to send to me? Whereas there was other gifts that I got that were really just personalized and felt like there was actual, actually a connection between me and the giver. And, and you know, my VP of marketing recently got a gift where they actually understood that she was you know, training for a marathon and sent her stuff in prep for that. And we've got some cool guests coming up. We've got Jason coming up soon from UVA Us. They do some really cool video direct mail opportunities. I'm really excited for us to dig into. Well, that is our timer that I did a terrible job at keeping <laughs> off of lock. So beep, 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 beep. Uh, we, are, we are out of time on that topic. Uh, I think I'm up next, right? Yeah, you are. All right. So we just kind of ripped direct mail apart. Sorry, um, anybody who's in the direct mail business. All right, Randy. So up next, two minutes to yourself, experience-driven content. Uh, this is this is my baby, right? I mean, like it, it had to land on me. Uh, I couldn't agree more here, right? I mean, we, we are past the point of just create content. We have to start to think about the experiences that we put in front of people at the end of the day. Uh, I think a big sign that this is going to be a trend this year was a move that came from G2 Crowd late last year. G2 Crowd went in, uh, if you're familiar with G2 Crowd, it's a peer review site for software. And they said, you know what, content marketing as a category has become very confusing and overwhelming. They went and they broke down their grid, which is how they evaluate different software to say, let's not just look at everything in one view. Let's look at creation as one category, distribution as a category, but they created a new category as well called experience, right? And I think that's the idea of, 
know, the content we put out, we used to hear just create great content, not crappy content, and that'll be enough. Now great content's not enough. It's the experience that people really invest in at the end of the day. And there's so many examples that we get to talk to, you know, people on with uh, Anna here on this podcast that I'm really excited about 2019. Yeah, it's, I, I agree. I think, you know, bringing people into that conversation, having not just sending information to them, but giving them something to experience and interact with is going to be absolutely key. And it's going to be a difference maker as well. I think it's time we stop just talking at customers and we bring them into the loop on the conversation. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I was talking to an analyst the other day at Forrester and they they said something to me. They said, you know, we're all consumed about the buyer experience. And as a result, when we talk about content experience, it's just thinking about content within that buyer experience and what is the path that someone's ultimately going to go through. All right. Think of that. I was a little worried that maybe it wasn't going to go off again. I was like, I know. Oh, it's been 10 minutes. No, I, 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 I know. Maybe it's just such a hot topic we wanted to keep going. Okay. The next one. I love. I'm really excited mm-hmm. about this. I don't know where it's going, All but right. I want to know what you think about voice search. So, hey, Anna, what do you think? All right. So voice search, I think, is in its obvious infancy. That is a blatantly obvious revelation there. Um, but I think we're just sort of at the beginning of what we can do with it. You know, obviously there's Alexa, there's Google Home. I don't. I think it's just going to take a while for us to work this into our lives. Um, I mean, I hope it doesn't go the way of the mini disc player where this new technology comes out and everyone's like, oh, amazing, or the laser disc, you know, and everybody's like, oh, and early adopters are loving it. And then meanwhile, it just doesn't really catch on. I don't know, honestly, what the future holds for it. The one thing I will say, and it's it's kind of, there's a difference between optimizing for search engine optimization and then optimizing for voice search. And I think understanding that user behavior is key. But then also too, even though this is slightly off topic, one of the things that I've been thinking about with voice search is empathy and how we treat our AI. And I just keep thinking about Skynet and the Terminator and how, you know, <laughs> people joke around and they say harsh things to Siri and they, you know, say horrible things to Alexa. But I'm like, at what point does that sort of like, you know, do we have to have a little bit of empathy for our AI? I know that sounds kind of weird and out there, but I, it's something I actually think about a bit. Yeah, I, I'll come to the first part of your of your argument first, which I, I agree with. You know, I, when you talked about search, I think that voice search is going to raise the stakes on search altogether. Right? You know, I always kid about how there used to be this funny joke about you know the best place to hide something was page two Google results, mm-hmm. but now it's result two, right? Because if we talk to a a device like a Google Home, it's not giving us options, it's giving us the answer, right? It's right. And that's a really big thing for us to wrap our heads around as marketers in terms of relevance and talking to people in terms of what they're looking for at the end of the day. Oh, there we go. Uh, it's like someone was listening to us. We, you ready? Last we one. One more. Yeah. This is uh, this is the bonus one, I guess. Uh, All right, Randy, you gotta you gotta wrap us up here. All right, two minutes on influencer marketing. All right, influencer marketing. I I think the the, the game's really changing here, right? I mean, you know, first off, I've got three young kids, and I find it amazing the amount of time that they waste on YouTube watching people who, in my mind, are not influential at all, but they look up to 
for how they're making anything from slime to how they play video games, right? And it's, it's I think, just part of us seeing a shift in terms of the ease in which we can get in front of people, right? I mean, you know, 10 plus years ago, Twitter was amazing, right? The reach that someone could have. But now we're starting to get, I think, a lot more intimate, you know, with our influencers. And we're seeing that even with B2B, right? Um, You know, LinkedIn is an example, is a channel that I spend a lot of time on, both in terms of sharing views, as well as, you know, capturing, you know, and and tuning into other people. But we're seeing so much of this in so many channels. I mean, Insta, Instagram stories, I think is another really interesting one, where for the first time the other night, I saw the channel that I usually watch my sports highlights on, encouraging me to start to check highlights on Insta stories, which I just thought like is crazy. Like they're sending me off of television because they know I'm going to leave there anyway soon. Yeah, it is crazy just like how accessible how accessible media is to everybody and how promoting our own content and just the everyday content is kind of amazing. And, and I recently got really sucked into YouTube, exactly like what you were saying with your kids. Have you heard about the Dyson Airwrap? It's like a new, basically $600 curling iron from Dyson. See, so this is funny. My wife actually bought it and oh. she's like, in love with it. I think it looks like a <laughs> nuclear bomb, but she thinks it is the best thing in the world. So I don't know why, but I got fascinated with this. Oh, this is the end. This is the okay. End. Okay. So real quick. We can work on this one for a minute. Okay. Okay. So it just amazes me. And I just wonder, so everybody, everybody and their mom had a video on this Dyson Airwrap. And it just kind of made me realize that we define as marketers, influencer marketing as these people, but that line is blurring so quickly because of the accessibility of technology and the ability for anybody to upload content. And I just wonder when influencer marketing just blurs into just people doing the, being their own sort of media and posting their own content, you know, it's like, it's that line is blurring so fast because anybody can go and post content. So I just find it fascinating the evolution of it. Yeah. I I think, you know, similarly, it's funny. My wife, we had two big purchases. One was a (laughs) hairdryer. I would say that. The other was, do you know the Peloton bike? Oh, yeah. Okay, so we bought a Peloton bike, wow. which is intense. Just came this past week. And and it's that same idea. It's, it's the opportunity to connect with these amazing teachers and, and do you know, bike classes in your own home. But they, they now have their own dedicated way to enter your home. I mean, that never existed before. And it's, it's a huge shift in terms of how we think about a lot of the ways that we spend money, we spend time, we interact with others. I think we're going to continue to see that in the ways that people creep into our marketing on a day-to-day and, and the ways that we need to have, I would say, advocates and evangelists for our businesses. Yeah, totally agree. Well, we went way over on that one, but that's okay. Yeah, we did, but but it's the bonus time. It's I know, it's bonus time. And, you, know, we, you know, we got in all of our commercials. We did all the things that we had to do on this episode. So why not, you know, shoot the shit for a bit, right? Yeah. All right, Anna, this was a ton of fun. Uh, you know, for all those who enjoyed this, this episode, we heard you enjoyed the last one. We're going to be doing this on a more regular basis, interjecting with great guests. We've got some great guests coming up in the next podcast please continue to tune in. Check us out on iTunes, on Spotify, and Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, especially when you can leave us a review. Let us know what you like. Until next time, this has been the Content Experience Show, the Connect Show. I'm Randy Frisch with Anna Harak from Convince and Convert. Thanks for tuning in. 
This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to the Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. The Content Experience Show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.